Hi listeners, welcome back to the Absolutely ADHD podcast. Sam and I are going to be chatting about the really significant challenge of emotional dysregulation and some ways that we can work through it, as well as talking about some different mindset shifts that might help us more confidently navigate these challenges. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at absolutely.adhd. As always, thanks for being here and I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome back. Hey, Sam. Hi, Alana. I'm so happy to be back. You guys don't know this, but I was pretty sick this last week. And Alana actually called me and we were going to record last weekend. And I burst into tears immediately when we started recording. And she was like, why didn't you tell me you were this sick? And I was like, but I want to do the podcast. I felt so bad. No, absolutely not. I felt so bad. So Um. we're back with Honestly, and we were just chatting about this before we um, started recording today with one of our most important topics. I feel like we say that every week and then I say that and I'm like, I feel like we say this every week, but seriously, this one is something that hits so close to home, like personally for both of us. And we know it will for a lot of the people that are listening. So we're like really excited. Yeah, I'm okay if this one also goes up till 30 minutes. I feel like we both have plenty to say on this so yeah um, well without further ado do you want to tell them what we're talking about so we're talking about emotional dysregulation today and how that impacts those with ADHD so what I want to start with is kind of just talking about first what emotional regulation is and emotional regulation is the ability to manage and respond to certain emotions and so One of the really common ADHD symptoms is difficulty with that, which is emotional dysregulation. And so what this looks like, um, and if you, if you came from my post, you guys have already seen some of these, but what this looks like for a lot of people are um, first an inability to cope with certain emotions, um, experiencing reactions that might not seem to match up with the cause. Um, feeling completely overwhelmed by an emotion and difficulty like moving on past experiencing an emotion. So I just wanted to start with Sam and I are like half laughing to each other. And like every topic, every like thing that you say, I can think of a billion examples in my life that I've been completely derailed this whole process makes me feel seen because as Alana is like telling us that there's an actual name for this, I just thought I was going crazy. Or I just thought that this was gonna be the part of my personality that I was just gonna have to deal with, you know? Yeah, and for me, I've always been kind of described as, you know, super sensitive. As I've gotten older, I understand it more and I understand that there's more reasoning behind that. But the reason that this is so, you know, it hits home for me is because this is the thing, like I always, like I knew I had ADHD from a young age and I knew I had some, you know, difficulty with like anxiety and emotions and all that stuff. It wasn't until I learned about emotional regulation in ADHD until that's what helped me connect the dots and realize like, yeah. oh, this, this whole thing that I'm struggling with, like it, it really helped me start to put t- the pieces together. So 
emotional dysregulation is one of those things that researchers have looked into and it's very apparent that this is a challenge with people with ADHD but still within the diagnostic criteria what ADHD is this emotional dysregulation piece isn't in there so this is the reason that it's really missed no no I I actually do know the answer um but it's all a lot of the ADHD research is pretty new and so Mm -hmm. when you think about it it's really a lot easier to um measure something based on visible symptoms so like for for example hyperactivity Mm -hmm. like someone running around in the classroom or can't sit all that stuff that we can see as opposed to emotional regulation is all internal it's internal struggles so this is the reason that so many people also go undiagnosed because it's um presenting internally we don't it's not visible so people with ADHD we experience you know really high highs and low lows both positive and negative emotions we can experience really strongly But I think when I think of ADHD management, I think I've said this on the podcast before, a lot of it is figuring out what are those things that are standing in the way from like accessing our many, many strengths. Yeah. And I think this is one of those things because when we're going through a really difficult emotion and something that we're struggling with, we're completely surrounded by just that emotion. It takes over. It completely takes over. We don't see anything else. We can't access any of those other strengths that we have you know like even from when I was a kid I have this like very specific memory of my mom was trying to help me with my math homework and I feel like a lot of kids have this like burned into their brain and it was difficult because it was algebra I think and it you know she doesn't know algebra to the extent that I had to learn it in eighth grade or whatever how like teachers would always do this thing where you had to show your work or you wouldn't get full credit for the thing right I was so nervous that if I was doing it a different way than I was being taught in class that I wouldn't get credit for the problem and I just yelled at her and she just blew up at me and she was like I'm sitting here I'm trying to help you and you're just yelling at me you're being a brat like all this stuff and it was just like high tension we were both at the end of our ropes whatever and I felt this like thing in my chest like this panic like this immediate need to apologize I just needed to make it right like right away I was like everything is terrible my mom hates me I need to say sorry I need her to accept my apology and I was just like badgering her I was like I'm so sorry I'm so sorry I'm so sorry and she was like I need you to give me some space and I just couldn't well one I was in eighth grade so I couldn't comprehend emotional complexity at all and then two I literally didn't realize until today that that is probably exactly what we're talking about. I mean, these huge, big feelings and I couldn't see past it to the point where I couldn't go to sleep. I couldn't finish my homework. I couldn't do anything. And I think about that a lot when I get into fights with people, which is honestly rare because I'm actively trying to avoid those feelings. And so in a weird way, I think I've made myself incredibly agreeable because I don't want to feel that way ever again. You just perfectly explained (laughs) like rejection sensitive dysphoria and I was I was that was a big part of what we're going to talk about today rejection sensitive dysphoria is a concept an ability to receive any type of critique it goes within emotional regulation and it's a fear of rejection it's severe like discomfort with that and something that I want to you know make sure that I emphasize too is everyone experiences discomfort with rejection or discomfort with critique or negative emotions, all that stuff. But what we're talking about 
emotional dysregulation and rejection sensitive dysphoria is way more severe, is a very, very significant challenge. And many people describe it as like a physical internal feeling of just a, a pain, like a pain. That sounds like exactly what you just spoke about a little bit. But I mean, even looking past that fights with friends, like I would wind up on the floor crying because I couldn't. It's such like a short leap to your self-esteem from there. Yeah. Experiencing those awful feelings. Like it's just, we're completely surrounded and we can't see anything else. We can't focus on anything else. For me, the way that this presented was like the way that I managed and experienced my anxiety. So at different, you know, I've always had anxiety at different times, but at certain, it was certain situations, it was completely unmanageable. And I wasn't able to do anything else when I was working through that. It was just a complete inability to cope with that. And then something else that I think is important to explain about rejection sensitive dysphoria is that yes, it can be really having a hard time with any type of rejection or critique or anything, but that also goes towards ourselves. We can be the being overly critical of ourselves, you know, not doing something unless we know that we can do it perfectly. Like I'm smiling and I just looked at my phone because I'm going to read them our texts from last night, literally last night. So little quick backstory. I live in Austin right now and originally I moved here for purpose, but um, I don't have that job anymore that I moved for. And so I'm just, Alana knows that I've just been feeling a little useless. And like, I just, I don't know, like it's starting to not really make sense why I'm here. And I'm just not, I not close with anyone in Austin. My family's far away. I miss them a lot. I don't know. So there's a bunch of reasons that I'm just starting to realize that maybe this isn't the right place for me. And so I was texting Alana about it. And she, you know, was reassuring me and telling me all of the things that I needed to hear, which were true, but the stuff that I never tell myself because it feels like I'm letting myself off easy, you know? And I said, I just feel a bit embarrassed. And she goes, you shouldn't at all. Plus who really knows? And now everyone knows, but sorry. Our listeners are sweet and supportive. Sorry, go ahead. And I feel like you guys will understand. I just said, I just feel really pathetic. Like I should have done better. Like I have such a low self-esteem and I don't, I don't know how to be nicer to myself. I don't know how to make it better. And that also brings something else up that I think about a lot, which is when we talk about all these different things, you know, on the podcast, the things I share online, we're sharing these tips and tools. And what's so difficult is when we're in a place where we're really struggling, actually knowing what tool to use when, like that is half the work, if not more that, you know, that's so much of it and it's like the thing with ADHD is that it's it's kind of like and this is a very negative way to look at it it's work our brains are working against us and so in order to move forward you have to fight your mind on top of being nice to yourself on top of remembering things on top of the daily responsibilities that we have to take care of on top of eating right and sleeping and drinking. I mean, it's just like, it's, it's, it's exhausting. I feel like there is no in between. I either am having a day where I feel like I could run the world, like amazing. I'm so confident. I'm, and then the next day will be the complete op can be the complete opposite. Totally. And it's just, and that, yeah, I mean, just really high highs and low lows. And, and then I get caught up in this a lot 
well, I'm like, is this what it's going to be like forever? My brother and my dad were in town last weekend and um, there's a big music festival going on in Austin. I happened to get tickets for one of the nights and um, Flume was playing and we took my dad and he's older, like 65 and has never been to an EDM concert before. And it was like such a bizarrely euphoric experience, like taking my dad to an EDM concert. It was so fun. And I remember sitting there thinking like, I haven't felt this light in a long, long time. And then I had a really, really tough week. And so the dichotomy of being so happy versus feeling so low and alone and sad has been like, difficult for me to reckon with because I'm like how can I go from one emotional state to the other like it's no big deal but it is a big deal and it's exhausting and it will keep happening forever I just know that if I keep working on this it won't be so jarring every time right going back to that rejection sensitive dysphoria a lot of that does come out with like people pleasing toxic overachieving expectations on ourselves things like that We've talked about all those strengths that so many people with ADHD have. And like, there's a, like, we have really hyperactive, busy, you know, brains. And so it makes sense that there's this constant urge to like, do the next thing. We have to check in with with ourselves to make sure that we're, you know, acknowledging these things in a healthy way and not just putting ridiculous expectations on ourselves. I want to say that like, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're achieving anything that you want to be achieving or you're at the place in your life that you want to be at like I feel like I'm a really good example of this right now I'm between jobs for my professional career I'm definitely not achieving at the level or personally or professionally that I thought that I would be at this phase in my life yet I'm still hyperactive and I am still so hard on myself so I think a lot of the time with these types of resources I always discounted myself because I was like but I'm not a workaholic I don't, you know, work until midnight. I never studied, like my life depended on it. So this doesn't count, you know, and I need to find different resources. But I don't think anything that we're describing, you know, you can put in one box of like a career oriented oriented person versus a non-career oriented person. I mean, it's just when, I think when we talk about hyperactivity and achieving at a high level, it's also like what you desire for yourself and where you feel like you should be and that, pressure that you put on yourself, not necessarily what actually happens. Does that make any sense? Definitely. And that's what I feel like, like with my community, that's what I feel like it is, is just people with amazing strengths and amazing brains who recognize that there might be some ways to work through this so that they can, so that we can do it a little bit better, a little bit easier, work through these things. And, you know, that is also a whole thing in and of itself, like being open to just like personal development and trying to figure out ways to like make things better for us. And at different times, we're going to be really motivated and really energized to do that. And at other times, it's going to be really difficult because we're having a hard time managing the emotions. We're going through what we're going through. And that's when it's difficult to kind of pick up, like, you know, know which tools to use or, or what's there. It's funny because when people ask me questions on, you know, Instagram or whatever, they'll be like, so what do we do about it? And I'm like, I wish I could tell you in one post how to fix emotional dysregulation <laughs> more. So a ton of the things we've discussed, which is just recognizing that when we are inside in, in a feeling experiencing something, we are completely surrounded by that. And that's all we see. And I yeah. think even just knowing that 
you know, helps me just remember that yeah, it will be better even sometimes in a week, maybe in an hour, maybe in two months, you know, like yeah. there, it will be easier to cope at some point. I'm going to say too, like, if you can catch yourself this week in the middle of an emotion and recognize that you're in the middle of an emotion, that's a success. Like if you can just lift yourself up from the haze for five seconds and you don't even have to make yourself feel better yet. You can just say to yourself, I've been here before. I will be okay. And I just need to get through this. And I think that, I mean, yeah, I'm incredibly lucky to have a best friend that is you. One of the biggest things that's helped me realize this and work this into the fabric of my life is having someone to talk to who also struggles with the same things. So mm-hmm. Alana says this at every episode, but I just, you know, it's, we keep harping on it because it's important. If there is someone in your life that you trust, talk to them, you know, and you can even say in the beginning of the conversation, I'm not looking for solutions. I'm just looking for support. And Alana and I do this to each other a lot, you know, and yeah, honestly, let's pro tip ask yeah. when people are struggling and when friends are struggling, ask them what they need. Cause some it's, that helps so much. Just sometimes yeah. we need someone to listen and Sometimes we need someone to help us problem solve. If you're not openly communicative about it, it can kind of like clash. You can clash a little bit. So I love that we do that. I think that's been helpful. When you, you started doing it and it taught me how to do it. And it's honestly something that I've carried through to like romantic relationships as well. When you're in the middle of, it feels like a war zone in your mind. And of course you can't notice it yourself because there's no perspective when you're in the middle of it. So, you know, I think it's a huge feat if you're able to just take a deep breath and for five seconds, remind yourself that, you know, it won't always feel like this. If you can And also you're yeah. like, I'm lucky to have you. You're an amazing friend. I just had to say that because we moved on quickly and I just had to put that out there. Thank you. All right. This is like, I feel, I love you. See, I told you this was going to be an emotional episode. (laughs) It is. But, Um, um, not everything about having big feelings is negative like no have you guys- I oh, sorry I need to stop interrupting this is so true go ahead go on no, I was just gonna say have you guys ever noticed that Alana's right people are quick to call us sensitive I've been called sensitive since I was born but also people call me empathetic a lot you know and um people Passionate, the advice that I give thoughtful like some of these things yes and some of these things as I've gotten older I've realized there's some of the things that I love about myself and I wouldn't change. And so it's, it's interesting to kind of have that. And a lot of people, I think that don't, aren't blessed with struggling with the same things that we do, aren't going to quite understand. And this is something that I've had to tell myself over and over again. If I didn't have the struggles that I have, I also wouldn't have the things that I excel at. Like I can't just cherry pick the parts of my personality that I really, really like. You know, if I wasn't overly emotional in my own head, prone to anxious thinking, I also wouldn't be intuitive. I also wouldn't be as thoughtful as I am. I also, it wouldn't be as easy for me to connect with people. So I think like you have to remind yourself a lot that if you didn't have the parts of your personality that you really don't like, guess what? You also wouldn't have the parts that you really do like. 100%. Exactly. Well said, because I love that. <laughs> Sam just saluted me. 
<laughs> I've never seen that before. <laughs> In all our years of friendship, maybe I should make it more of a routine. But yeah. Okay, so after I saluted, you told us to recognize when we're in it. But like, is there anything else once we have that moment of, okay, I'm in this, what do, what do we do? So <laughs> I always pray um, that question so Well, stupid. overall, I think this takes so much inner work and, you know, it's one of those things that it just, we have to work on over a long period of time. It's not going to yeah. change altogether. You don't also, I, people who struggle with ADHD, and I can say this confidently because this is what I do. You do not have to fix everything right away. You can fix something tomorrow. You can fix something in an hour. And guess what? You don't have to fix it at all. And little by little, you can chip away at things. Yeah. You know, because mm-hmm. like you said, processing out loud with, you know, someone that you care about so that we can sometimes hear is what I'm saying. Absolutely ridiculous. Another thing I wanted to mention too was the part of emotional dysregulation that also makes this difficult for people with ADHD is that impulsivity piece, which is we experience these really strong reactions or emotions and everything. And, and we react and we can't always, because of that impulsivity, it's very common for those with ADHD to react in a way that maybe they wouldn't have reacted if they were in a, um, a more calmer state. Right. Yeah. Um, So I think recognizing that if that's something that you struggle with, the quick goal is we want to create space between the emotion and then the reaction, Mm -hmm. Um, especially when we know if we have a tendency to react in a way that we might not be happy with later. My last therapist I love, shout out Peg, she really taught me about neural pathways. And I didn't really know this, that when I leave therapy or stressful emotional social situations, I call my mom and my mom would never react the way that I wanted her to react, you know, because she had her own life and she wasn't going through an emotionally stressful social situation, you know, and sometimes she would, but then sometimes she just didn't have time for the conversation. And I didn't know why my immediate um, reaction to leaving therapy was calling my mother. And it would always make me really upset because she wouldn't react the way that I wanted her to. And Peg was like, this is a trained neural pathway. Neural pathways are like highways in your brain. So you do something, then you do something else almost without thinking about it. But you weren't born with this. So you can create new neural pathways. You can close down highways and build new highways. It takes time though. And it takes constant attention to it it takes stopping yourself in your track and you will feel uncomfortable especially when we have yeah especially when we have brains that are seeking out dopamine especially Mm -hmm. in certain situations and so we found if our brain finds something that works it wants to keep doing that and then sometimes if our brain found something that feels good that doesn't work it still wants to keep doing that so that's like where we come in like how can we kind of work to retrain this a little bit. So that was a totally. really good point. Um, and then the last thing is recognizing that with all this stuff, with rejection, sensitive dysphoria that we put on ourselves about the expectations that we have for ourselves, we have to let ourselves question, like, is this realistic? Is this fair? Is this smart? Is this healthy? Like oh if we naturally do that and are, you know, natural overachievers or or really, you know, anxious about our performance or perfectionist, whatever that is, 
we have to, you know, do the best we can to retrain our brains to think about those other perspectives. Yeah. Like, is this benefiting me? And those questions, I love the first two, is this realistic and is this healthy? What you have to remember is that those two questions are subjective. What is realistic for me is not going to be realistic for Alana. What is healthy for Alana might not be healthy for me. It's not a blanket rule. And something that you think is healthy might not be for you. And something that you don't think is healthy for your friend might be healthy for you. Yeah. Or sometimes something might've been healthy and might've been serving us for a little bit of time. And then at some point it no longer does. And that's okay too. Like things change. Our coping mechanisms change. Totally. Like you would never expect to be wearing the exact same clothes that you wore to third grade that you do when you're 26 years old. Like your physical body changes and everyone is super comfortable with that. But like your emotional body and your mind should change as well as you learn new things and as you meet new people and you're in a different phase in your life. You know, definitely. This is definitely one of our more serious episodes. Yeah. Um, But I feel good about it. Like, I think this is such a good topic. It's so important. Obviously, we both feel super connected to this. We can do part two, part three, part 37. Yeah, Yeah, honestly. But yeah, this is a really, this is a great conversation. Yeah. And we can. I went to visit Alana a couple of weeks ago and she gave me a care package, which also made me cry. But um, oh my God. she <laughs> wrote me this really cute card, kind of just about our friendship. And, you know, it was just really, really nice. And so she let me read it. And then I burst out laughing and she was like, what are you laughing about? And I just want to read you guys. So I love you so much. I'll be here for you until the end of time. Always love Alana. P.S. Thank you for being there for me, no matter what is going on in your life. I don't know how I got so, and that's it. Like, that's the end of the call. She was like, what? You know, she just had no idea. And then I had her read it and we have not stopped talking about it. She forgot to finish my card. And I think it's just because you got distracted with something else, but how perfect. I love that. I still like, was like, this is done and I'm going to give it to her now. Like with a completely just unfinished sentence. That's so funny. Oh my gosh. I don't know how I got so, I don't know how you got so. (laughs) Period. Period. No period, no punctuation. There was room to finish. You just decided. It's hard to stop. It's hard to stop. (laughs) That's so funny. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, I know this, this topic's tough to talk about, but I know that we both find it really important to, to talk about it and to bring awareness to it and to hopefully help others, you know, understand it. So thank you, Sam. <laughs> thank you, Alana. Let us know your wins as always. Yeah. Yeah. We'll um, catch you guys next week. Uh, have a good week, guys. Bye. Bye. As always, thank you guys for your support, for being here. You can find us on Instagram and stay updated with new episodes at absolutely.adhd. Don't forget to write us a review or give us a rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen. Thanks so much, and I hope you guys have a great week.